Again tonight, I'm excited uh, to have with us Brother Don Tinsley. He's from Indian Hills Baptist Church, all the way in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, he and his family are up uh, kind of making visits and uh, reaching out to their family. Of course, Brother uh, the Hermans here that attend here and also are uh, ministers in the Rock of Ages. Uh, they live in the area, of course, so families coming to visit them. And so I've been trying to get Brother Don to preach for us for a while. And of course, that's kind of a crazy statement because I, I guess every time he's here if I'd have just said you want to preach he'd have done that but I've been I've been excited to have him preach for quite some time and so tonight's the night he's going to be preaching for us and uh, he and his wife have done a good job a very good job down there in Shreveport and again uh, I, I've heard a lot of things about Louisiana and uh, about churches in Louisiana I go to a football camp and and uh, I hear a lot of things about Louisiana and I hear it as a, a foreign mission field and uh, I don't know. I don't know how true that is. And we're in Shreveport, but I know in other parts of Louisiana, it's kind of different. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you talk about the bayou and all of that good stuff. I don't know if you're anywhere near the bayou, but at any rate, uh, Brother Don Tinsley is going to speak for us tonight. I'm excited to hear him. He's going to do a fabulous job, I'm sure. Let's open our hearts and our minds, and let's let God do something in our lives tonight as we prepare and we ready ourselves for this new year. I'm excited about 2020. I really am. 
I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store. And uh, I just uh, am looking forward to getting a good kickoff to, even tonight. And so with the Lord's help tonight, I know we're going to be blessed. Brother. All righty, it's good to be here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. I, it always is good to know that everybody was out sick the night he asked me to preach. I appreciate Brother Mark doing that. But if you have your Bibles tonight, take them if you would. Turn to John chapter 19. John chapter number 19. <clears throat> this... It, if it would have been raining this morning in Shreveport, that's to us rain is snow. And our folks, they stay home for, for rain. And so I appreciate all you folks that came out this morning in the rain to come to church this morning. What a blessing it was to see the ministry here. It's always good to be here in the ministry and to see the ministry of Community Baptist Temple. And I'm so glad to have the opportunity to be here this evening. Brother Mark said that we, are, we do have a bayou that runs through our house. Uh, not our house, but uh, it, I promise you we have roads. But uh, it, we, through our town runs into the Red River. The Red River connects to the Mississippi River, which is down in south Louisiana. And we're in north Louisiana, so folks in south Louisiana call us Yankees. So they do. They, they, we talk totally different. They, it, how many of you saw the LSU coach on TV last night and talked? Not many of you watched the LSU game. He talked like this and we're coming, and that's, that's Ed Odron. That's how they talk down there. They're called Creoles, and so they're totally different uh, culture than what we have where we are living in north Louisiana. So we do have some alligators, though. They're not as look what you see on TV. I mean, there are guys that we know that go and hunt alligators, and, and the, but primarily the alligator hunting is in down in south Louisiana, and we're in north Louisiana, a little bit more civilized is what I like to call it, if you would. And all my southern Louisiana friends just got mad at me if they ever heard of that. But uh, it's good to be here with you tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. I know you, anybody has anything, other things that they can do. This ministry is very special to me. Uh, when In the old building, I was, uh, as a young man, coming from Bible College, courting Becky. Becky, would you stand up for us, please, for those of you. See, I'm getting a look now. But this is my wife, Becky. This is the daughter of Dave and Cheryl Herman. And, this is, and my daughter, Megan, sitting next to her. Megan, would you stand up for us, please? My other daughter is sitting right over here, ducking her head right now. Stand up, Sarah. Let everybody see who you are. And this is my family. Thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate you. And so if, I, if not for them, I'm not in the ministry. If not for that woman back there, I'm not in the ministry. And I appreciate her and I appreciate my family. And as a pastor, you'll never know, but how many, how many times, or as an assistant pastor, how many times a week you get a call and you kind of have to drop what you're doing and go after that and tend to somebody in your church. And so I have a special family. They understand what we do. And I'm not in the ministry by myself. They're in the ministry with me. My kids know our church better than anybody. They know all the good hiding spots. We've got some of those. We got a power chair for one of our church members. My kids can drive it better than anybody in the church, and so they do. They serve the Lord with us, and and we do have a good time. But I appreciate my family. I, it's been good to be with Josh this week, Becky's brother, and so we haven't seen him in several years. So the Lord worked it out where he could come, 
and we could all be together. We've just enjoyed ourselves, and it's always good to be with mom and dad. And even while y'all were building this building here, and, and dad had his church, and so uh, we didn't get to come much when dad had his church, and we would when we would come into town, we would go to his church there in Brimfield. But many times as I would come up, we would come over here, and somebody would be working through the building to see the process and, and see what y'all were doing with the building here. And let me just say the finished result's absolutely gorgeous. I know you're not finished with the building yet, but you've got something. I mean, it blessed my soul when we come down the hill tonight and see all the cars in the parking lot and people coming into church. And so, you know, it really, I mean, a, a business district and at night just seeing the, all the cars flooding into church, well, that's a blessing to my soul. And, and you folks, I mean, the Lord's been good, and I know the Lord's done it all, but there's been a lot of work by a lot of hardworking people going to this building, and many of you have given time and talent for this building to be here, and that's just a testimony of your faithfulness as well. And I, I just, let me just, my hat's off to you. Y'all have done an outstanding job. I appreciate your preacher, though, as a young man, you know, dating a girl that he had such an influence on Becky. He was her youth pastor. And just every time I would come in, Brother Mark, you were just so gracious to me. And, and you know, sometimes being a young preacher, you know, you kind of move them off to the side. But it always took time to greet us. And, and I appreciate you and Miss O'Donnell. Thank you so much. And I am. I'm trying to get him down to Louisiana if I can ever get him on an airplane. And I, I need to show him what country living's all about. I mean, we have boats and we go out in the, to the lakes and we go yo-yoing. How many of you know what yo-yoing is? My Louis, hey, we got one guy here that knows what yo-yoing is besides the other ones from Louisiana. Yo-yo is a, it's just like a yo-yo, but it's metal. In the middle of it, it's, it's spring-loaded and has string wrapped up in it. You put a hook on the end, hang the yo-yo on the tree on, on the spring. You pull it down, put your bait on it, put it in the water about two inches, and it has little locks on it. You can lock it at different depths. And so at night, you go out, you bait your 40, 50 yo-yos, you go out at night, Fish will come, and he'll take the bait, and he'll turn, unlock it, and roll him up. So you've got a spotlight, and you look for these little heads, and you'll have heads sticking up all over the water. If it's a good night, that's yo-yoing, and so it's always a fun time. We call it the lazy man's way of fishing. If you want to go out there and sit all day with your cork, go ahead. We'll just go at nighttime. <clears throat> but it is, it is always good to be here, and if we can get him down, we're doing everything we can to get him down. I believe in honoring those that invest in your life. I've been privileged to pastor my home church. Now for five and a half years, I worked there as an assistant pastor for 11 years. Our pastor retired. He was on his 18th anniversary, also had cancer. And, and later that year, cancer took him to heaven, and the church voted me in. And so I've been living a dream and for the last five and a half years and have not had a church split yet. Now, I do understand the honeymoon's going to end sometime, and it will come. I pray that it does not. But, but God has just been gracious to us, and we sure thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here. I'm thinking about Brother Mark today and, and just this week and when he called me, and I thought uh, just some things, and, and let me just say, uh, he didn't ask me to say this, but I, I appreciate him being faithful through all these years. I've known him for about 18 years now. You know, he preaches out of the same Bible this morning as he preached 18 years ago when I met him. I appreciate that, Brother Mark. There's not a whole lot of fellows that do that anymore. You know, I walked into the building this morning, and we, we turned in some of the same old-timey songbooks. They may not be, I don't know if they're the same songbooks from the old building, but it sure was nice to come into church this morning and have a songbook in my hand to turn to the pages and sing. You say, why is that, Brother Don? Because that's just like my church, and it just felt like at home this morning, singing out of the old songbooks this morning. I appreciate that. 
I appreciate the preaching this morning and, and Brother Mark, the message this morning. And, and boy, just nothing changed. The first time I heard him 18 years ago, same old thing. And, and I was looking and I was, I was in the parking lot looking. And, you know, as a preacher, you know, I'm in the back. I'm counting the buses this morning. I asked him up here how many he's running. You know, a lot of, per, a lot of churches don't run buses anymore. Hey, bus ministry is not a money maker, friend. But I sure appreciate all them kids running out to get on that bus this afternoon. Well, that blessed my soul. You know, 18 years ago, the first time I, I pulled on a community Baptist temple over in, at the other building, you know what I saw behind that church building? I saw buses. I thought, praise the Lord, the church has not changed. And you know, it's just bigger, and there's just more of it, but I sure appreciate that. As I was looking around this morning, I, I saw a bunch of men in the church this morning. I appreciate all you fellas that are here tonight, and all those men that were here this morning. It was just, it blessed my soul to see men, and men in church, and I appreciate you, and being here tonight, and leading your family to be where they're supposed to be on a Sunday night, and that just did good. Why, you say, why, why did it bless you? Because at 7131 Old Morning Sport Road, in about 28 minutes, there's going to be a church service going on in Shreveport, Louisiana, and several of my men will be there tonight in church where they're supposed to be, and I love my men at my church, and, and I appreciate you men, and I know your pastor, he, he loves you like you don't even know, and he appreciates you like you don't even know. I heard the choir sing this morning. Man, I tell you what, I don't, I don't understand. Y'all can hear that choir sing, can't even get a holy grunt out of some of you. I'll, look, I'll scoop them up and take them to Louisiana. If you don't want them, I'll take them. We'll put them on a bus, let's go. I don't know where I'm going to feed you. I don't know where I'm going to house you, but come on. I mean, do you understand the work that goes into what you just, you come out every Sunday and they're here. And boy, they sound good. And they, just that opening song, and I know that's the song for the year, but how much work goes into that. And boy, it's just like a, an angel's choir up in heaven singing tonight. Brother, don't, don't, don't ever take for granted what you got here. Don't ever take for granted. What you got here? Brother Josh and the musicians, I appreciate you, man. That was, it's, it's, like I said, I'll take you. If they don't want you, come on. I looked over here at the teenagers, and I see this group of teenagers. Don't ever take for granted what you have. Don't ever take for granted what you have. Brother Don, it's hard. The way of the transgressor is hard, too. Don't ever take for granted where God has put you. I love teenagers. It, I am back to being our youth pastor as, as well as the pastor of our church. I, I teach the teen Sunday school class, and we had church activity, a teen Christmas party. We loaded up and, and went on a little road trip for our Christmas party. And, and some of our kids, you know, they're not as, they're, they've not been coming to church as long as others and our teenagers on the way home. Brother Don, would you do Bible drills with us and, and Bible trivia with us? I said, we sure will. And I told my kids they could not answer these Bible questions, because I used to talk to them when they were two years old, teaching them these questions. I asked one of the teenagers, I asked the question, who are the three men that were taken captive in the book of Daniel? Never again to go home, and not Daniel, but his three friends. And one of my teenagers said this, and he was, uh, Shadrach, Weed whacking and Amigo. And that was his answer. I hope all you teenagers got that tonight before I said that answer. But if you think it's Shadrach, Weewack, and Amigo, it's not, all right? You need to read the book of Daniel. But he was serious as a heart attack. And we were laughing just like you did. What? I hadn't been to church much. And he, but he was a good sport about it. But, you know, I just I love what I do. I love the ministry. I love being in the ministry. I love coming to, well, I don't love coming to Ohio. That's 18 hours, friend. 
It's a long drive, but once we get here, I love coming to this place and seeing how God has blessed you. I really do. Let me just, I want to challenge you tonight. I want to try to be a help to you. I don't know if you'll walk out of here and say, wow. Wow, what a message. I don't know if you'll do that. Because, see, for tonight, some of you, you won't need this message right now. But I can promise you this, the day's going to come. You're going to need what you're going to hear tonight. And I promise you, it will happen. Some of you in here tonight, 2019, you've gone through one of these things we're going to talk about tonight. And you're going to be back there, and as I'm preaching, you're going to shake your head and nod your head and say, that's right. That's right. For some of you, this may not happen for you for five or ten years, and if not, thank the Lord for it. But if you have your Bibles open tonight, John chapter number 19, John chapter number 19, we'll read verses 25 through 30. John chapter number 19, we'll start reading in verse number 25 through 30. Shall we stand, please, if you're able to? And I'll read as you follow along. Now, please forgive me. I left my glasses in my car, my readers in my car, so you just help me out. And I've got a small print Bible here, but look at John chapter number 19 and verse number 25. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own house. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Verse number 29, now there was a set, uh, there was set a vessel of, uh, full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. And when he therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Lord, I ask that you would be with us for the next few moments. Lord, you know my heart. I don't want to stand behind this pulpit. Holy Spirit of God, without your power. Lord, I ask that you take me out of the equation tonight and help me to be a help to these dear people. Lord, meet with us. Speak to our hearts. Lord, comfort those that need to be comforted. Lord, bring those back that may be away from you. Lord, if there's one here that's not saved, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you'd save the lost tonight, please. Bless our few minutes together in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. By way of introduction, we have our Lord. He's hanging on the cross. You'll find it. It's a very familiar passage here. You're going to find Jesus is on the cross. And we won't go into the cross and what he took. But by the way, let me just say he took such a beating that you couldn't even tell. The Bible tells us that he was a man. As he's hanging on the cross, though, he took a few things. Number one, I see that he took care of his mother. And by the way, that's a good thing to do. We ought to take care of our family before we die. You know, the greatest thing that your family can know about you is if you're saved or not. It'd be a wonderful thing for your mom and dad to know, or your brothers and sisters, or your spouse and children to know that you are saved. But he took care of his mom, and and what a wonderful thing that is to do, to take care of his mom. But that's not what I want to talk to you about tonight. I see down here in verse number, if you would, verse verse number 29. If you'd look back there, now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put upon his, and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. 
I see that word vessel there, and we looked it up, and it's a, it's a common word that we see all the time, but it's, the definition of it is simply a cup. And I did a word study on the, subject of, on the subject of a cup in your Bible. And if you wanted to go and do a word study on the cup in your Bible, it's just it's simple. It's a cup. That's what the same thing as a vessel would be. And some people call a boat a vessel, but you can also call a vessel something that holds liquid. And as I studied the cup out in the Bible, and just something so simple as that, I, I looked it up and I found that you'll find the cup of salvation in Psalm chapter 116 and verse 13. You'll find the cup of consolation in Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse number 7. You'll find the cup of blessing in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 16. You're going to find the cup of the Lord and also the cup of devils in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 21. You'll find the Bible says there's a cup of trembling in Isaiah 51, 17. There's a cup of fury in Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse number 19. You're going to find the cup my Father hath given in John chapter number 18, verse number 11. But if you would take your Bible tonight, and let's go back to look at another cup, and hold your place here in John chapter number 19. And if you would, turn your Bibles back to Matthew chapter number 26. Just a few pages over. Matthew chapter number 26, if you would, tonight. I want you to see our Lord Jesus. On the cross in John, we find that he takes a vessel or a cup of vinegar. But in Matthew chapter number 26, if you would look at verse number 39. Jesus, now let me set the picture. Jesus knows what's about to happen. He is about to face the cross. Notice it if you would in verse number 39 of Matthew chapter 26. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this what? Talk to me now. Let this what? Let this cup. Let this cup. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Look at verse 42 of the same chapter. He went again the second time, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this what? Cup may not pass away, from, uh, pass from me. Except I drink it, thy will be done. Jesus, in his life, had to take some cup. I find here Jesus even asked the Lord, Hey, Lord, if you can make this cup, let, let's throw this one aside. But I find here that there's a cup Jesus was going to have to take, and that was the cross for you and I. I find also he had a, a cup of vinegar, and they dipped it in and put it on some hyssop and put it in his mouth as he was on that cross. But there was a cup of vinegar that he had to take some of that out of. And after he took that in John chapter 19, I find where he gave up the ghost. I find that Jesus, I don't know if he was really excited to take the cross. Are you really excited to take all the cups God has for you? But if you would tonight, just for a few moments, I'd like to preach to you on this subject. Does Jesus care? Because let's be honest with one another. Sometimes we get to a place in our lives and we ask God, why would he allow this to come into our life? Hey, in 2019, there's been some times where I've asked God, God, why would you do that? Why would you allow that? Why? Because there were some cups that I had to take in 2019. I'll tell you about it in just a few moments, but... This year alone, the last month and a half, I've heard of four or five of my friends that have gone to be with the Lord. Forties, in their forties. Some in their thirties. Some in their fifties. 
my song leader of 29 years. I buried him three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I preached his funeral. Friend, I know what it's like to get a choir ready. Say, how do you know that? Because I'm doing it now. Lord, I can't sing. I know that. But there's a cup that you must go through. There's a cup. My friend, 2019 may not have been your year. God may have put some cups in your life that you didn't want. But God knew exactly where they were. And by the way, can I tell you, He cares. He cares. He cares about you. He knows exactly where you are. Hey, you may say 2019 was a great year, but it may be 2020 for you, friend. I don't know. It may be 2025 for you to have to face some cups that are unwanted. I'm not sure. But I know this. You're going to face some cups. There's some cups that you're going to have to go through just like Jesus did. Did Jesus care? Say, Brother Don, what's the first cup? Jesus Face a cup of poverty. That first cup's a cup of poverty. You can't see it, but I've got it on here. A little sticker wrote, it's a cup of poverty. Some of you in here, you may be impoverished. Some of you in here, you say, Brother Don, I just don't belong because my parents don't make as much as some others. And I don't have the clothes that others have. And I don't have the income coming in that others have, Brother Don. And you may think that God does not care about you. But friend, can I tell you something? He left heaven to come down to earth to be born in a manger. He had nothing of his own. He had no place to lay his head. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He was put on a borrowed cross. He had absolutely nothing. And my friend, can I tell you tonight, I don't care if you're the poor in the room there's a God in heaven who knows exactly where you are and he cares for you brother Don I'm just a bus kid my friend God can take a bus kid and do something with him God can take anybody and do something with you don't you ever say well I'm the poorest it doesn't matter my friend Jesus was the poorest and he saved the world if they wanted it does Jesus care you don't understand brother Don no I understand I understand when you have no money in your bank account. I understand when you go to your wife and say, Honey, we're $100 short this week after all the bills are paid. I understand what it's like to have a $25 a week budget for food. You say, No way. That was years ago. Why are y'all laughing? I'm now the spokesman for Jenny Craig. But anyway. You sit there and say, God, you put me in the ministry. Why would you allow me to go through this? It was a Monday morning. I told my wife we were $100 short in our bank account after the bills were paid. Haven't bought food yet. She said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, but God's going to take care of it. Within an hour, I get a knock on my door. Actually, a phone call. One of my men in the church, this was when I was assistant pastor, He's a big guy, used to power lift for the University of Arkansas. He just, Brother Don, you okay? You know, when you get a call from one of your guys out of the blue. Brother Don, you okay? Yeah, can I, can I come talk to you? First thing you know, you got, he's got cancer, somebody's died. That's the first thing to think. Somebody's fell into sin, he and his wife are getting a divorce. I said, yeah, and I called his name. He said, can we meet now? I said, yeah, we can meet now. I said, where do you want me to meet you? He said, I'm in your driveway. I said, okay. I walked out. 
He's probably about 350 pounds, and he's about this tall and about this wide. And I walk outside, and he's got tears streaming down his face. And I'm preparing myself for bad news. I said, Brother Donna. He said, I, I was always taught that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And sometimes he uses us to move those cattle. And he handed me an envelope. Got back in his car, didn't say anything else. Tears streaming down his face, poured out of my driveway. I'm standing there like this. What just happened? I opened the envelope. Becky, when I came inside, how much was in that envelope? You don't remember. You're heathen. <laughs> it was $100. I'm doing the shout. I'm doing the Baptist jig. If you can do a Baptist jig, you understand God cares about me. And I can tell you time after time after time where God has never failed, and he won't fail you either. Brother Don, you don't understand. I may not, friend. But I know this. My Lord came into poverty. He took a cup of poverty, and he came in. And he made it through, and he knows exactly what you're going through. So when you get down and you think you're depressed, you can look up and say, God, do you care? My friend, he does care. He was born in a manger, should have been royalty, put in an old inn, born in a manger, the lowest of low. Why? You ever thought about Joseph, how humiliating that must have been, trying to do the best for his family, and that night when his wife's pregnant, all he could come up with was a stable? Think about that. I mean, we have barns and stables and, and ours. I don't know what y'all do in y'all's, but there's animals in ours in the south. And those animals do things in there, and they're not the most pleasant of smell when you walk in there. Can you imagine? Joseph must have felt about that big that night. The Savior of the world is going to be born in an old stable. Didn't have a pillow top baby mattress to put royalty in, just had some old straw. Laid him in a manger. Said, my friend, that was the king of kings and lord of lords. So if you're here tonight and you're in that cup of poverty, can I tell you, your God knows it. He's been there before. And my friend, he cares about you. But the second cup, I want you to see tonight. You may not have gone through poverty. You may have had parents that brought you to church and you never really missed a meal. You not had to worry about a whole lot. That day may come for you, though, friend. I don't know. But I promise you there's somebody in here that's known poverty. There's another cup, though, that our Lord went through. I can find it in John chapter number 18. If you want to take your Bibles, turn a page back, if you would. John chapter number 18, verse number 2. There's another cup our Lord faced. In John 18, verse 2, the Bible says this, And Judas also, which what? Betrayed him. There's a cup of betrayal our Lord took. My friend, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been betrayed by somebody, it's not good. It's not fun. Nobody wakes up tomorrow and says, Woo, I'm going to be cheated on. Have you ever? Betrayal hurts. Betrayal destroys. Betrayal of, the, of a friend. You know, they taught me a lot of things in Bible college. I went to a practical Bible college. They had a, a booklet there and the Howes Church Manual. I went to Howes Anderson College. And Brother Howes, he said, I want you boys to understand how to run a church up to about 500 people. 
He said that he showed us how to set up a budget. He showed us how to conduct a business meeting. He showed us how to conduct a funeral, how to conduct a wedding. Anything on the church he showed us. But I looked all through that manual, and he never showed me what to do when somebody takes a knife and stabs you in the back and then turns it. Never taught us that. I can't find it in that house church manual. But my Lord knows what I went through. And the Lord knows what you went through. Why? Because he had one of his own. Betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Hey, got so regretful afterwards, says, I cannot bring it back to you. No. No. Went out and hung himself. My friend, 2019, you may have gone through the cup of a trail. Say, Brother Don, it wasn't fun. It's not. Can I tell you something? Jesus cares. Jesus knows exactly what you've been through. Jesus knows exactly where you are. You say, Brother Don, I've never had anybody betray me just yet. Guess what? It's coming. That cup of betrayal will come sit on your front porch too, friend. And when it comes, guess what? Jesus will know exactly where you are. He'll know exactly where you sit, and he'll care for you. i got to hurry. I see, though, the cup of poverty. I see the cup of betrayal. There's another cup, though, that I see. My cups are out of order, but that's all right. I'll get them straight. I find in verse number 30, John chapter number 19, our Lord. John chapter number 30. Or John, excuse me, John chapter 19, verse number 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the what? He died. Jesus went through more pain than anybody I know could have survived. You read the history of the Romans' crucifixion, most of them never made it to the cross. Could you imagine us taking somebody to that pole right there and stripping all your clothes off and a Roman soldier taking a cat of nine tails 39 times whipping you with that? And then we're going to put a heavy cross on your back and send you up a hill to be crucified. Most men did not make it. Some of you tonight, you're in such pain, you ask, does Jesus really care? My friend, he cares for you. He knows exactly how much pain you go through. And if you've never been through pain, don't sit in judgment of somebody who is. Pain came to my door several years ago. Hey, I was a young man. Everything thriving. I could go work. I work most anybody. One day I get up. My joints are stiff. I lost a bunch of weight. You can tell I gained it back. But I lost a bunch of weight. And everybody said, well, you're using different muscles now. I said, well, if I'm using different muscles now, I want the fat back so I can use those. I wasn't in pain. Go to my doctor, he does blood work. I look like I was 80 every morning. That's how I walked for two hours. I'd walk like that till I'd get my joints stiff. It was in my shoulders, it was in my hips, it was in my legs. My doctor calls me on the phone after he did blood work. I answer the phone. He says, Don, this is Dr. Hudson. How are you today? I said, Doc, I've been your patient for over 20 years. You've never called me on the phone, so i got a feeling I'm about to be bad. He said, Don, you've got fibromyalgia rheumatica. I said, what is that? He said, well, it's, a, it's something, it's inflammation in the blood that only happens in people over 80. So he, that can't be it. I want to send you to this doctor. He sent me to Dr. Broadwell, which is an arthritis doctor. 
He told me and did all these tests. He said, you have either rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. And for the last six years, I've been seeing him twice a year. And he has got me on a, a little, one little old pill that gave me my life back. I can do anything. There's nothing I cannot do. And several of you in here, you suffer with arthritis. And you, you haven't had the success that, that the Lord has given me. But I can run. I can jump. I can, I can lift weights. I can do all those things. Nothing is stopping me. You say, Brother Don, do you ever get sore anymore? I really don't, praise the Lord. I know that day could change at any time. And I'll go back to my doctor and I'll drop my pain cuff. But I'll go back to my doctor. He goes, I don't understand it. He said, you're supposed to be getting worse. I said, Doc, I can tell you why I'm not getting worse. It's because the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, though, that pain, that cup of pain may not come your way yet. Apostle Paul had a cup come to him. It's a physical ailment. Remember, he asked the Lord three times to take it from him, and the Lord didn't. He said, okay, Lord, I won't ask you again. For some of you, God's brought the cup of pain to your life. You look, God, why would you do this to me? He knows exactly what you're going through. Why? Because he went through the pain of the cross. There's another one, though. This is the one we've been through this month. That's the cup of bereavement. Saturday night, three weeks ago yesterday, I'm at an adult Christmas party. Get a phone call, one of my men. Brother Don, you got to call Mary. I said, what's going on? He said, Troy, that's my song leader. Troy's coded the EMS is there trying to revive him right now. I step outside and call his wife, and obviously just like you would be, lady, if your husband of 29 years, she was hysterical. His parents are in that Christmas party. And as I'm talking to his wife outside, his daughters just called them, and it's, they just slumped down in their seat. Their son just got the news. I go in there, and there's about 28 people of our church in there. And I go and grab mom and dad. I said, come on, let's go to the house. I'm going to drive you. I tell the Sunday school teacher it was his. He hosted the party. I told the people, I said, I need you to pray. They stopped. I didn't know it right then, but they stopped right there. For about 20 minutes, prayed for that family. And we got over there to the house. And coroners were waiting on the coroners. Police were there, wouldn't let us in. But I can see him. His wife, just hysterical. She said, I walked in. And he was just laying on the couch. He either had a blood clot or a heart attack. 52 years of age. I stood and preached his funeral a few days later. He used to be my youth pastor. He was my Sunday school teacher. He was a bus captain for me. He was my choir director and song leader. He was my biggest ameneer when I'd preach. He was my biggest cheerleader. And we buried him Wednesday the following week. Oh, that cup of bereavement. It's come. Four weeks ago, yes, four weeks ago today. Maybe five. Young lady. I went to Bible college with and her husband, working in the ministry in Oregon, Andy Bailey. He was sick on Sunday, stayed home and stayed in bed all day Sunday. Sunday night came around. He told his wife he was going 45 years of age to sleep on the couch so she could get some sleep. 
he got up Monday morning, go check on him just to see if he was going to stay on the bed all day or if he was going to go to work. When she walked out, she saw him, and he had gone to heaven. 45 years of age, two little preteen daughters sitting in the bedroom sleeping. My friend bereaves me. The month of November, got a message. A guy I went to Bible college with, Dan Primo, had a massive heart attack, left three young kids, 44 years of age. That was in November. You see, the cup of bereavement. My friend that I went to Bible college with, his sister also, 46 years of age, died about 15 days ago with cancer, leaving a husband and a young man, three or four-year-old boy. Miss Robertson, worker at the college that I attended, just made food preparations. Just made food preparations, prepared the food for all the college students every day. Was it driving to work or somewhere in town? Was hit by a hit and run, and when she got out of the car, it got her so much. And you know when you have a wreck, the adrenaline starts running through her into a massive heart attack. She died right there on the scene in her late 50s. My friend, I don't know what 2019 brought you, but it brought us a cup of bereavement. Can I tell you something? As I look in the Bible, I find Jesus cared. You see, he had a friend that he had to go through some bereavement as well. And I don't have time to turn to it, friend, but in John chapter 11, you can read the story of his friend Lazarus. And, and that was some bereavement for our Lord. His friend had passed away, and he went over there to check on his friend. And, and praise the Lord, he rose him from the grave, and he, he up from the grave, old Lazarus, come out of it. But our Lord mourned for him. My friend, you may have mourned the loss of somebody this year. Say, Brother Don, it's a good year. We haven't, death has not come to our doorstep. You better thank God. But can I tell you something, friend? One day that cup of bereavement is going to come to your house. And you're going to look heavenward and say, God, why would you allow this to happen? He's not going to allow you to go through anything he didn't go through. But then I find another cup. Found it in verse 30. John. Chapter number 19. And when he therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. You see, he went through that death cup. That cup of death came his way. Oh, my friend, if I never had to preach another funeral, I'd be a happy man. If I never had to go put my arms around somebody that's hurting and tell them that God loves them, I'd be a happy man. This year, Bobby Cook, his son was in my youth department 17 years ago. Now he's one of my men in the church. He stands about this tall and about this wide. His daddy had stage four cirrhosis of the liver at age 48 years of age. How do you get stage four cirrhosis of the liver? You drink it to yourself. So many times I thought we were going to bury Bobby Cook. I'd go to the hospital, he'd make a turn, he'd get better. I'd go to the hospital, he'd make a turn, and he'd get better. I'd get the call, Brother Don, it's not looking good. we go to the hospital, Bobby had had a stroke. As I'm at the hospital, they say, it's just going to be a few days. I pray with the family. 
The next day, he took a turn for the better. He woke up. He was unconscious for about two days. He wakes up. He couldn't speak. His speech was slurred, but they asked him to write down what he saw. He said, I saw my mama. I pre- By the way, I preached his mama's funeral years before. He said, I saw my daddy. I preached his daddy's funeral years before. Just an old bus kid family. Fleas all over the place because he had so many dogs. Roaches would run up and down the halls and down the walls of his old house. But boy, every once in a while he'd make his way to church. Brother Don, I sure love your church. Y'all been so good to me. But he wrote down on that tablet, he said, I saw my mama. Two days later, he took a turn. All his organs failed. I'm in the hospital room with his son and his wife. That old big man, Brother Donnie said, I don't know what to do. I said, Marcus, you need to let him go. I said, if the Lord wants him here, the Lord's going to keep him here. Big old man's hand just shaking as he signed those papers to pull the plug. They come, took him off all the medicines that were keeping him alive. They took the tube out of him. He's still breathing on his own. I said, Bobby, what you seeing? All he could do. Within three minutes, he was with our Lord. My friend, you're going to have to go through that cup of death. When it's your turn, will you be seeing our Lord? Will you see him? Bobby wasn't faithful to church. Bobby wasn't even a good Christian. He'll tell you that. He's addicted to alcohol. He's addicted to cigarettes. He's addicted to music he shouldn't be listening to. Oh, but my friend, as I stand here before you tonight, he was just as saved as I am. When he saw two days, two or three days before, he saw his mama in heaven. I believe with all that heart for that point, he saw his mama again. My friend, death's going to come to your door. Death's going to come to my door. When that time comes, death came to our Lord's door. Will you see the Savior? Will you see the Savior? I don't know about you, but we're about to start a new year. 2020 is coming around. I don't know the cups that God has for me in 2020. But I know this, whatever cup it may be, I know this, Jesus cares. And he's not going to ask me to take a cup that he's never been through. Your cup may be betrayal. Your cup may be poverty. Your cup may be pain. Your cup may be bereavement. Your cup may be death. Whatever your cup is, friend, can I tell you, Jesus cares. You've gone through a cup this year you really didn't want. Understand something, Jesus knows it and he cares. If you haven't gone through many cups yet in this life, you're going to go through them, my friend. When you go through them, can I tell you something tonight? Jesus cares. And that day when it comes that the Lord does not tarry, if that day comes where you face death, my friend, do you know for sure that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? Say, Brother Don, I've been a church member 20 years. I don't care, friend, if you don't know. If you were to die, you'd go to heaven. You've got to get that thing settled. 
what a better night. To, there's no better, better night to do it than the last night of 2019. Start the year off afresh and anew. The greatest testimony you can give your family is that they know that they'll see you again. They took the vessel of vinegar, that cup of vinegar, and gave it to our Lord. He didn't want it. He asked the Lord to take that cup from him. But Lord, not my will, but thine be done. My friend, can I tell you tonight, Jesus cares for you. You'll have some cups in your life. But my friend, he'll still care for you, even though you're going to have to take some things. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I ask that you take what's been said tonight. Lord, there are many other preachers that could preach a better message. But Lord, I believe that's the one that you would have for us to preach. Lord, you know my heart. I just want to be a help to these dear people. Holy Spirit of God, work in our hearts. Lord, I don't know who went through what. Lord, I don't know who's here tonight and grieving, but you do. Lord, I don't know what these people are facing. Only their pastor does that. Sunday school teachers and assistants and staff. But you're a God who knows all. Lord, I pray for those tonight that have gone through something the last few years or the last year. They may have had to look up to heaven. Say, why, God, do you care? I ask, Lord, you'd be with them. Lord, those in here tonight that may have not gone through anything just yet, but Lord, their cup's just around the corner. Oh, I ask that you'd ingrain this sermon in our hearts so when that day comes for us, we'll remember it. Holy Spirit of God, do a work in our hearts tonight as only you can. Lord, if there's one here tonight that does not know you as Savior, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful on this last Sunday night, 2019, they'd get that settled. Lord, I ask that you bless us now in our invitation. Many are already at the altar. If you're here tonight and you say, I don't know, Lord, it's my personal Savior, Brother Don, would you pray for me? Nobody will come to you. Nobody will embarrass you. We don't want to do that. We just want to have a word of prayer with you. If that's you tonight, you say, Brother Don, I don't know for sure if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. Would you just slip your hand up? Let me pray with you. Anybody like that in the house? I wonder if you're here tonight and you say, Brother Don, the Holy Spirit's dealing with me about something in my life. May not have been anything we preached about tonight. You say, Brother Don, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about something. Would you slip your hand up and let me pray with you? If that's you tonight, Lord bless you, Lord bless you. Hands already at the altar. Why don't you let the Lord have his way? Let the Lord have his way.